Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Right down, so you pay off a crown in the schoolboy's enclosure. You lose your composure, dying from exposure. Your mate in knows you, tries to warn you. You'll be stuck in the corner. You're looking through bars with your problem and mask. You can't see a thing, is it Frankie? The landlord that's been. It wasn't half bad, but only remembered for doing a Morris dance round the flag. Who would have thought he'd be playing at 40? William Bonds could be a little bit naughty. Splashing the cash on Hills Pie and Mash or Dan and Monty's. You pop a nice cap, but here's a precaution for a tonic stall. You get a magic gray fortune on plates. The size of a sky dish that is fried fish and a chicken. Let it send you look like a bad game of jingle Go on a bender Over the central Get a little bit drunk Go a little bit mental Gentle You know Sentimental Not like those fruits And the spoke and Davey roots When they're spawning for trouble I'm off on the double Head on the terraces And sing I won't forever Blowing bubbles Hello and welcome back to Hammer Podcast, the original West Ham Hammers history podcast brought to you by myself, Nigel from Manchester Podcast, also known as Shedman. And I'm joined as ever by my good friend, uh, Canning Townlin. Good morning. I swear you just said more than just a cod past. It could be more than just a cod past. It's the new fishing podcast yeah. that we do uh, where we trawl about. Uh, looking for stories, mm, and decent. then we put them on. Yeah, what we, we do when we put them on some crap website that, that, uh, <laughs> and, and, and convince people that we're doing it for news when it's really for advertising. <laughs> so, but it don't matter because he don't listen to this show, so he no. won't know. No, he ain't got a clue. <laughs> he ain't got a clue what we're talking about. So we're here today to talk about and reminisce with you about the season two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Now we're just. At the FA Cup final, which was heartbreaking, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's not try to skip that bit. Should we skip that bit? Yeah. It really, uh, do, do you ever watch it again? Or nah. do you no. Know the, do you remember last time we was on, I said about how disappointed I was in myself that I didn't enjoy the, the Bradford City game? Yeah. I watched that cup. I didn't go to the final, but I watched cup final with my dad. Watched it. 
great. Don't get me wrong. I, I celebrated the goals, but even right up to the the, the Gerard shot, I didn't let myself believe that we were going to win the cup, and I certainly won't watch it again, knowing that we ain't going to win it. I do remember uh, the penalty shootout, thinking to myself, "Oh God, we don't look like a team of penalty takers," uh, no. as it proved out to be. But you know, all about memories, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was my nephew's fifteenth birthday, and we went two new up, and uh, we would we were sitting on the divide line on the side. Yeah. So right next to us was the divide, and then Liverpool fans. When we went two new up, I just went, Bill, just remember, we ain't going to win this. <laughs> Let's just enjoy it. Yeah. And then two all, three two, and you know, and it was one of the most nervous things to sit and watch in the ground and and then he held up the four minute sign and I went, Bill, I think we're gonna do it. Mm. And we looked back and bang, Gerard. Mm. I mean, that that's a swear word to Billy, my nephew now, Gerard. Oh, what a shame. Like, eh? He absolutely like hates the <laughs> everything about him now. People call it the Gerard final. I didn't think he had his best game. But of course that's what Gerard did. He dragged his Liverpool team, didn't he? But I think the, the first goal was uh, right on the stroke of half time. Was it Cisse? Jabul Cisse, I'm thinking. But I do recall. The, why's his name gone out of my bloody head? The left back who scored with the cross. Koncheski. When, when that cross went in, I just thought to myself, I can't see an FA Cup win getting decided on that goal. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I yeah. just didn't feel it. I mean, the way I look at it is we didn't lose the game. Yeah, that's true. We lost a shootout. Yeah. And that, and that's the way I look at it. We were yeah. never behind in the game. We didn't yeah. lose. You know, we lost the penalty shootout to decide who won the cup. Yeah, exactly. We didn't lose the final. We played well. And we come into this next season, we're going to talk about feeling quite good. Yeah, yeah. I, it, there was such... Uh, an uplift, you know, we'd had, we'd been to Cardiff three years running and we'd won, well, <laughs> we'd won, you know, we'd had good trips there for two of them. I still yeah. think the cup final was a good trip. And there was a good feel about the club with Pardew and the players bringing in. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got a list now of the players that we signed. We signed Colt and Cole from Chelsea, Rob Green from Norwich, George McCartney from Sunderland, then John Pansil from Tel Aviv, Tyro Mears from Preston, who I thought was a strange signing to be fair. I didn't know much mm. about him. And again, Lee Bowyer came back and Jonathan Spectre. A lot of signings there. Didn't we? I remember the Carlton Cole and Rob Green signings. George McCartney, I don't. I thought that was a little bit later. Or did we sign him twice? No, we signed him twice. He did a Pop Robson. Oh, so okay. We signed him from Sunderland. Sold him back, back to Sunderland, Sunderland and then re-signed him. Yeah. Okay. Tyron Mears again didn't get Lee Bowie. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan Spector. Mm. You know. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we had King Dino. That was what we were waiting for to come back in. Yeah. The, you know. Well, he broke his... This was the summer, so we lost Dean Ashton to injury with his ankle break before the season started, I believe, wasn't it? Sean Wright Phillips, when they were in England training. Mm. I read an interview recently with Sean Wright Phillips where he seemed to be disappointed that Dean Ashton threatened court action and mm. apparently the two of them have never spoke ever again. I heard something about that. Someone said who an England player was there at the time, said it was... 
couldn't understand the naughtiness of the tackle. But you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's always two sides to every story. Yeah. That's that's the thing. But you know, we're on a buzz. Yeah. We start with Cholton at home, Upton Park. The question, I think, is whether there was contact. The hand certainly came out. Cholton saw it. There was. There was no doubt about that. Well, we're going to have a conversation here between Howard Webb and Mike Cairns, and it's a penalty kick. You can see the ball. It's a great ball in there. He's got caught out of position. What's the hand? There's no doubt about that. This time up in the other side. Can Charlton get the lead? Yes, they can. Darren Bent has got his first goal. Sorrell with the tackle. Wilson with Phil. Hayden Mullins. Trying to keep the pressure on for West Ham. Sunderman's day in the August. Bobby Zamora scores twice and then Colton Cole comes on as a sub. First touch that I remember getting. I remember he was out wide left and the ball broke to him and he just bore down on goal. He was over by the chicken run. He ran him on the chicken run and slotted it home and you think, yeah. here we go. Yeah. You know, we've got Zamora, Harewood, yeah. Cole's come on. We Football. had a glut of strikers. And, and listen, people are going to call the Tevez season. I'm going to be contrary. I'm going to call it the Zamora season. He was, I remember this Charlton game. I remember standing behind the goal, but I would have been, it would have been the North Bank, so it would have been the Sir Trevor Booking end. Zamora yeah. so scoring, and I could hear him saying, hitting the badge and saying, my club, my effing club. Yes. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, that's right. You are right. He ran over to like Chab and Corner, wasn't it? It was like, somehow, for some reason, Zamora was like fifth down the pecking order, and Zamora were, was decent striker. When he comes to, I think it might have been in response to the Carlton Carl signing, to be quite honest, mm. because Carlton was was then and always has been a player that people say, "Oh, he holds the ball up well," and I didn't, didn't think that was one of Carlton's strongest points. I thought it was it, when he was feeling confident, he was a good technical player, but when he comes to holding the ball up well. I didn't think there was many better than Bobby Zamora. 
I think he'd done it. And he proved that when he went to, to Fulham, he'd done exactly that. He was an ideal number nine, back to goal striker. And he got his England call up. And I, I got the, the impression that the, the Bobby felt a little bit aggrieved that season. And I reckon, hearing that season called the Tevez season, I reckon Bobby was probably a little bit, a bit cheesed off, you know. Because after the Charlton win, we then go to Watford and draw uh, Watford away. Bobby Zamora again scores. Three goals, two games. Believe it or not, we were top of the table. <laughs> Isn't August wonderful? I f- there was an international break. Uh, and then we, I think we went to Liverpool because I went to this game uh, on the Bank Holiday Monday. Or Bank Holiday. It was a Bank Holiday weekend. We went to Liverpool away. I took my wife. And I, I've never forgot it because... Obviously, in the away end, everyone stands up. She's like five foot nothing, and the bloke in front of her was like six foot, and she didn't actually see the game. But I always remembered it because it was I'd been to Anfield about three, four previous times, and this was the first time I'd ever seen West Ham take the lead against Liverpool. Samora was shot. Was was another Koncheski where he's looked across the ball. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if he shinned the, the cross, but he's looked across the ball. Pepe Reina has put it in his own net. Yeah, well, yeah, he sort of palmed it. The ball's gone in and he's realised and he's, yeah. he's dived across. The ball was going in anyway. You know, we went one new up and, you know, I was like ecstatic, as I said, because I've never seen us take the lead. Correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, we should have been two in it up. We bundled one over. I think it might have been Marlon. Bundled one over. It might have been a different game. He bundled one over the line and the ref didn't give it. It looked quite a bit legitimate to me. Uh, and it looked like, hello, we're taking this two and we could get a... Her first win at Anfield since 61. But nah, I no. remember we gave Ago a lot of room, didn't we? And he built it one on the corner. He did. He did. I think Crouch got one. It, it, the turnaround was all done before the before half time. We went one nil up and then Crouch, I believe, got one. And then Aga pinged one from about 30. Another, you know, like the Gerard It was like 30, 35 yards out. And we just backed off. I think Aga was a centre half. He was definitely a defender. And he just pinged it, and it went flew top corner. I think Roy Carroll was in goal. Rob Green wasn't started in these games. But then again, we never got anything from Liverpool away, did we? No, no, no. So I was pleased with the performance. We had a good performance. It was a good performance. And as you said, you know, it, it, wouldn't it be great to go on VAR again from the yeah. past? I, I'm thinking further down the line of this season, we, we don't want VAR. No, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, you, we don't you, want VAR. Yeah, that, yeah, no, that's all right. Thank God. Well, I'm going to love describing this goal. Yeah. Yeah, but good. we march into um, September. Again, start off well. We draw with Aston Villa at home, 1 all. I feel a. F- Villa played well. I think it was that that Angel, Pablo Angel. I think. Oh, no, that's one. right. Yeah, that's right. You're quite right. We get the draw with Villa, one all. Everything's good. We got a home game to Palermo to come. Not much was known about Palermo. Did you know anything about them at all? They play in pink, didn't they? They do. They still do play in pink. Yeah. Yes. The, sto- the story goes is that apparently an owner, I don't know if it was in the 60s or something, was so disgusted that, about the performance of the team at that time that he made them wear pink to embarrass them. But apparently <laughs> they then started doing well and the fans sort of embraced it. That is why they play in pink, I believe. I mean, the, the game, we lost 1-0. I thought we were very unlucky. Was you at the game? Did they win 1-0? They won 1-0. 
this this started a run of games. So we've lost that one nil. This started a run of games, which I never realised turned into a club record. <laughs> we we then play Newcastle at home on the Sunday, where we lose two nil. So another that. game without scoring. Albafemi Martin's got one of the goals for Newcastle. September is really bad time. We then lose away to Man City two nil. Giorgio Samras at the Emirates. Stuart Pearce was managing City. Then this was a win. City were crap, basically. But they still managed to beat us 2-0. And the wheels are really starting to come off of our season. We then go away to Palermo for the away game. Possibly one of the worst six days I've ever had on holiday. (laughs) It's just, you know, the, the game was awful. I thought we were unlucky. We hit the post, we had a good signing, but as soon as they scored, it was game over. And just the way the Italians treated us in restaurants, they wouldn't serve us. Literally, we went to a restaurant at 12 o'clock in the day, first people sat down and we're talking, my sister, a mate, and me and my wife, and we look around and there's other people sitting and they're starting to be fed. And they've not even asked us if we wanted a drink. <laughs> You know, it, it, you know, they just really didn't like us and didn't want us there. Um, I could do a show all of our own of that for five days, but I, you know, it, let's let's get on yeah. because we sound knew, like an anti-Italy podcast. Uh, did, yeah, this you know thing, I mean? the only thing is, I said is, I know, I know why the Pope kisses the ground when he leaves Italy now. <laughs> I'll leave my own Italy uh, stories yeah. trouble, but there you uh, go. W- one thing is is that a future Amma did score for Palermo which was That's David right. Di Michele yeah was a Palermo player back then but September comes and goes and you know we've gone from being top three to 15th um, you know we've, we've, we've drawn one all with Villa but then lost one nil two nil two nil three nil so that's four games without a goal we crack into October now. Reading, newly promoted that season. We lose to another South Korean blockbuster. They must love shoot. They must have shooting practice from thirty yards in South Korea, because this was Sun Key something Hyung, I think his name. Who ended up playing with Wolves at some point, but he, he cracked a thunderbolt in. We then go to Spur uh, to Portsmouth. Sorry, first we lose two nil. We didn't go Spurs away, lose 1-0. Now, that is seven games and we've not scored a goal. Not great. And in fact, that is West Ham's longest ever game streak of not scoring. Yeah. All happened, the damage happened quite early, didn't it? Yes. So, you, you, you know, for whatever reason, we've gone from a good start to the league, even with a Liverpool defeat, which was our only defeat in the first four games playing well to just the wheels have fallen off and I think if we look back to the signings of Tevez and Mascherano on the 31st of August that is where the wheels fell off I mean what did you think of those so you pick your paper up or you watch your Sky Sports News and there we are Nobody knew this was coming. There was next no XWHU employee to tell us. No Sean, no Claret and you to tell us. Yeah. What did you think? Well, I remember it happening. I remember hearing about it. I was driving in my car and it came across some nutcase phoned up TalkSport from America and said, oh, Tevez and Mascarano are signing from going to sign to West Ham. And everyone just laughed at it. I didn't know, I must admit. 
I didn't know there were. And then the realisation that uh, slowly happened throughout the day that it was actually happened, it was happening, it was just like, hey, we're actually like a, uh, uh, you know, uh, you got to remember that the inertia is still really there from the cup. I know we hadn't scored for seven games l- afterwards. But with that inertia there, you're thinking, well, well, maybe we are a real team. You know, we'll be our actual buying club. Um, so I was excited. I remember, for some funny reason, being told that you, we should be more excited about Mascarano than Tevez. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, Ma- Tevez had been a substitute in the 2006 World Cup. He was the squad player, where Mascherano was one of one of the best players, or one of the better players for them, and had played in a lot of the games. I don't think they'd had a great World Cup, to be fair. And I'm not sure if Tevez got... I think he'd come on a couple of times as a sub, but he wasn't a star. You know, I must admit, I can't say I paid a lot of attention to Argentina in, the, in no. that 2006 World Cup. As a kid, we remember the Ricky Vila and Ardila signing That's for right. Spurs. And what a great thing it was. Yeah. And this one, possibly, you know, it, it wasn't... We find out later why it wasn't, to be fair. Mm. Um, but we, we'll cover that a bit later. Good. Something I mean, for me to listen to. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, October, the gold drought is broken away at Chesterfield in the League Cup. Oh. Teddy Sheringham. Chesterfield had just had a good cup run uh, a couple of years before. It wasn't Kevin Davis at Chesterfield? Yeah, but the, that believe it or not, that was been ten years before that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They lost so they, to Middlesbrough in the semi-final. They were, they were got disallowed. Con- yeah, controversial. Yeah, makes you wonder, doesn't it? They yeah. could have been in the cup final, Chesterfield. Yeah, yeah, they should have been. To be fair, they yeah. should have been. But Borough got lucky after the Chesterfield game. You know, we've now lost eight games on the trot. We've only scored one goal. We get to Blackburn at home, and finally, we get a win. Obviously, a lot of pressure building up. Tevez and Mascherano not really being played that's right you know they're, they're, they're coming on the subs I think Mascherano had played in the Tottenham defeat that, didn't Defoe get sent off for biting him oh that's right I forgot or, all about that or did that. Mascherano get sent off for biting Defoe what way no, round Defoe, was that Defoe did the biting didn't he oh I didn't know I think it was it yeah I can't remember let's I got. I do. Rec- oh, do you know what? I forgot about that. But I remember. I remember. Um, was Defoe? Defoe did bite him. I didn't. To be honest, it didn't look like Mascherano was trying that very hard to me. Was it? Did you feel that when you were when he was brought on? I mean, I know he played Mullins, and it must have sort of kind of upset him. But he, I, I recall Mascherano coming on, not not putting a lot in. It's hard because the thing is, I've always believed is as a rule of thumb, you've got to give foreign players new to the Premier League four to six months just to get to the pace of the the game. Now they've come into a club that was on the up, mm. but they they turn up and the club nose dives. You know, so you think Mascherano's games are, are, are coming in these defeats. Ricky Villa and Ardiles didn't need six months. Well, it wasn't the Premier League back then, was it? No. I mean, Argentina were world champions. Ardiles was one of the best players. You know, they, they, they bought seasoned pros. We bought fringe players. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I say bought, <laughs> yeah. it, it turns out it, we didn't buy them. Oh, okay. 
So, but yeah, so we, we've loaned these players. You know, that is perhaps where the, 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 the problem comes in that Mascherano would have come into a team that's now losing confidence. The fans have seen these two big star signings because they're supposedly internationals and, you know, they're not putting it in. Even though Tevez, you could see a lot of Tevez put in, you know, he yeah, did his usual, he played his way. We could see the effort from him. And I think when you look at Mascherano up against Tevez, Perhaps you're right, and I can see why you're thinking he didn't put himself about a bit because Tevez was just non-stop running. Mm. Just nothing came off for him. It, uh, it looked like only one one of them wanted to be here or only one of them was willing to put it in before they got the actual move, what was mooted to them. Yeah. I don't know a lot about this, so you're going to uh, tell me lots and lots and lots about this. Yeah. Tevez and Oscar, I think. Um, November turns up now. So we're 16th in the league, struggling at the bottom. And on top of this, we finally see the end of 106 years of history because the club are sold to the Icelandics. Egert Magnusson is the probably only name I can pronounce. The other one is Bjorn for Gudmundsson. Mm. The Biscuit Baron. Uh, well, Egert was the Biscuit Baron. I oh, was it he? turns out, yeah. He only owned 5%. And Bjorn Gudmundsson was... Top Icelandic businessman, the second billionaire ever in Iceland. Right. The first was his son, believe it or not. Made his money in shipping, uh, committed fraud in shipping, and was lucky not to go to prison. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you won't mention you know, that with the current owners, the current no. yeah. yeah, so it was lucky not to go to prison for fraud, and then in, for our, I don't know, he goes from shipping to banking. I think he went to Russia. I think the story is he goes to Russia, gets a brewery in Russia, does well, buys a bank, becomes a banker, as you do. And then he's now got this money and they buy West Ham. So we get bought out. We get on the up, hopefully, because we then get to play Arsenal at home. Fabregas. Intervention was from Konchesky. Here comes Flamini trying to mop up for Arsenal. Etherington's escaped. Sheringham. Etherington and Harewood! That could be a turning point in West Ham's season. Oh, that was coming, John. And you can't deny that West Ham have deserved it in the second half. There's the one-two coming up. Sheringham doesn't waste any time. Great one-two. What a great finish that is. Justin Hoyt's ball watching. And they've taken the opportunity. Andy Derso having to step between Arsene Wenger and Alan Pardew. Feelings running way too high on the touchline. That was a good game, wasn't it? Uh, you know, this, this was a good game. Because off the back, we'd beat Blackburn... Icelandic sports. Arsenal at home is never an easy game. And, nah. and, and we turn up, you know, we're down the bottom of the table. Arsenal were, were gunning with the title at the time. Pardon the pun. And, I mean, do you remember the game at all? Yeah, I do remember it. I remember this game. Rio Coca late goal. Yes. I didn't think we played that badly. I mean, as with Arsenal, Arsenal were, were under Wenger, weren't they? Possession football. 
created a lot of chances. Colo Torre was at the back from, I don't know if Henri, I think he'd gone by then. Fabregas was running the midfield. We rode our luck, late goal, and then Pardew. For, I don't know what happened with Pardew and Wenger, but there was a clash there. Uh, a bit of shoulder know. barging and whatever. I don't know if Wenger got the ump because Pardew celebrated in his Well, place. that's more than likely. Wenger's a bad loser. Pardew's not a great winner. No. You can just feel the fill the gaps, can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can. So we think, here we go. We've got Borough, Middlesbrough away next. A good team to play after winning your previous two games. Bang, lose, 1-0 away. Macaroni, Addison Toast, scoring a goal. I can tell what the Italians didn't like. If you're putting macaroni on toast. <laughs> oh, I don't eat macaroni to eat now. Do you not have macaroni and cheese on toast? I, I don't, don't know. have it out of a tin. We follow that up with another away game, away at Chelsea. We lose 1-0, Sean White-Phillips. We get to play Sheffield United. Manager was Neil Warnock. Okay, yeah. Aidan Mullins pops up, 1-0. We get a win. So, November's been sort of kind to us. We've beat Arsenal, had two losses, but then beat Sheffield United. With the change of ownership, you remember Champions League football in five years, I think they said... No, I don't remember that. <laughs> you know, like new owners, they, 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 they come in with a plan. The funny thing that they did say is, is that with the, the you know with the possibility of the Olympics, uh, the Olympic bid was still in progress in two thousand and six seven. That they would they would like to look at moving to the Olympic Stadium. December thick and faster games come here. We've got Everton away. We lose two nil. We then play. Wigan at home. I think Wigan had just been freshly promoted. We lose at home to them 2-0. Big shock. Big defeat. Pardew now, under pressure. New owners. Pardew's not their man. You know, they've not appointed him. They've inherited him. The pressure's on. We go to Bolton on a live Sky game. I mean, the 4-0 defeat was as, as, as worse as you can get, really. Yeah. They had a good team though, Bolton. I know they were end up finishing down there, but they had an Elka plan for them at that point, didn't they? Yeah, he, he scored one of the goals. They had an Elka. They had the uh, who was the fuzzy air bloke from? Yeah, I can't think of his name. From Real Madrid, they had him playing from still. I mean, that was Allardyce, wasn't it? You know, yeah. And this is the thing I always like about when he managed us. You know, Bolton. He had JJ Akocha, Yuri Zhorkaev. You know, why didn't he ever sign them players for us? Nah. The, the one thing I always remember about that Bolton game is the, is the look of Egbert Magnusson slumped in his chair because he was every game, yeah, and slumped in his his yeah, chair up yeah, in the yeah, Bolton yeah. director's box, and it was as if you, we knew what was coming next, yeah. and it it duly arrived. Pardew yeah. was sacked after the game. Yeah, I don't think it helped Egbert Magnusson going on TV when he was asked a question. He'd done the slip throat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're a manager, you see that. I mean, he's quite a comical-looking geezer, isn't he? I mean, I could make a nice drawing of him. They do that as well by bringing back uh, a forgotten son of the club, perhaps in a way, but by, by a lot of the fans, a lot of the fans wouldn't have remembered him playing for us. Alan Kerbyshe, do, would you? Do you remember anything of Kerbs? I don't. I think it was he was injured when I. Uh, First started seeing seeing West Ham, and then obviously after that season he went to Birmingham City, mm. 
and he went all around the Midlands, didn't he? In the end, he went to Villa. Yes. I don't remember him much of him as a player. Um, I remember people saying that he was a talent, but uh, uh, apparently he he was behind Trev and was a little bit petulant about that and wanted off. Is yeah, that true or not? I don't, I don't, ooh, I don't, yeah, I don't know the reasons. Actually, it's something I've not thought about. I mean, at the time, we had, you think of the midfield, so he played, I think he broke into the team 76, 77. He was in the Youth Cup final, 75, the West Ham Youth Cup That's final right. team. Jeff Pike, Alvin Martin, Mervyn Day, yeah. uh, Terry oh. Urlock, believe it or not. That's right, yeah. Um were part of that team. Paul and Brush was in it as well. Paul Brush, sorry, that's the other one. Paul Brush. I won't mention my cousin. My cousin was in the team as well. Go, go on. You drop one every podcast. I know. Lou Murphy, he was in the squad anyway. So he was part of that team. They got to the final, got beat by Ipswich. With Alan Brazil, I believe, was that's part right, of the Ipswich yeah. team. They were a good uh, Southeastern County's well, team, they were. Yeah, and they, I mean, you could see they, you know, the, the nucleus of that team then went on 78 Cup final, 81 uh, UEFA Cup. Kerbishy gets into the team, he's like 16, 17 years of age. I think he played about 100 games for us, to be fair to him. Really? That many? Yeah. That can't yeah. be right, can it? Go on, let's, let's have a look. Alan Kerbishy. How many games did Alan Kerbishy play for West Ham? I mean, he was a local lad. I think they lived they lived down by West Ham train station. That's right. In the manor. In the, I don't know if it was in the manor buildings or, or, or around there. People that know it know, know where it was. The Kerbishy were a well-known family, obviously. Yes. A lot of brothers, Alfie Kerbishley, Paul Per Kerbishley, and of Bill Kerbishley obviously managed, managed the, who. the Who, yeah. Paul Kerbishley was the younger one, he, who, who was a West Ham youth player. That's right. After Adam. In total, we played 87 games. That's not bad. And came on as a sub nine times. So just short of 100, scoring five goals. He made his debut March 75 against Chelsea and left the club, yeah, March 79. Oh, might have saw him then. I thought he played. I thought it was a seventy-eight season in the uh, Liverpool game. He did. Yeah, I did see him then. He did. He did play in the Liverpool game. I thought he was. Yeah. Uh, he, he was quite a regular. Seventy-seven, seventy-eight. He, he was a regular. Yeah, everyone team. was a regular, wasn't they? Seventy-seven. Yeah, we lost a virtual team out for injury. Kerbishley, I, I think as well as he was a local boy, we all know that he, that he was a West Ham fan as a kid. Yeah. So I think it helps come back with Mervyn Day on his coaching staff who he'd had at, at Charlton with him anyway so obviously there was like a big friendship there I mean what did you think of the appointment I did actually I remember talking to my uncle my uncle was he played for West Ham um, he he was all over Kerbish he says he's the man sort of that we should be getting being a West Ham man and I, I think my uncle as a defender he was obviously he, he got a little bit upset about all the goals we used to leak and he knew he was a defensive type coach and he thought, he thought that would be a good direction. Mm. Uh, I, I like the fact that he was a West Ham man and I yeah. like the fact that he was a solid manager. You know, I, I know it, it's not like this anymore, but I'd, you know, I'd love to have a team of 11, you know, 11 boys from the yeah, area managed by a, a, a West Ham man. It ain't ever going to happen. But yeah. couldn't have got an harder game, could he, first up, Man United. No. What a great game, though. It was a great game. Rio Coca now. And Ayun gets his first touch since coming off the bench. Here's the other substitute. Teddy Sheringham. Clever little ball that for Harewood. 
Oh, he's done well. Oh, they've scored. Rio Coca has given West Ham the lead. 15 minutes to go. The league leaders, Manchester United, fall a goal behind. And the Kirbishley effect has taken off at Upton Park. And how? <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, he was good mates with Fergie. Yeah. And... I think Rio Coca had been out of the team and he brought him back in, or I don't know if Rio Coca came off the. I think Rio Coca came off the bench again, much like the Arsenal game. It wasn't quite as late the goal we scored. The, the one nil, Rio Coca smashes it in from close range, and and the place just erupted, didn't it? Did didn't it? No. Sunday night, wasn't it? It was a Sunday game, yeah, it was. So, you know. Man United, obviously, we're going to go on and win the title. So, so we've just beat Man United after beating Arsenal, and yet here we are at the bottom of the table. So there was a good team in there. Mm. Yeah. He, uh, he His next game was Fulham and a nil-nil draw away. We go to Christmas Boxing Day. We lose to Portsmouth 2-1. Yeah. Not a great game, to be fair. It is not a great Christmas fixture either, was it? There, there is another record that is set that day, though. Do you know what it is? Hang on, let me think. Probably the most defeats in the year, I imagine. No. Uh, Teddy Sheringham scores his last Premier League ah. goal, and thus, it's a record he still holds. He's no the oldest player that. to score a goal in the Premier League. 41? It was 40 years and eight months. So he weren't as old as Bill, or did he go somewhere after us? I don't know if he went somewhere after us, to be fair. Uh, Bill played he was like 41, I believe, didn't he? He did play at 41. But for yeah. a striker, yeah. Uh, what we what we didn't, well, what you may not know, I didn't know until I researched it, was the previous player that held the record was Stuart Pearce. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, who had done, scored for West Ham in the Premier League. Did it? Uh, he was 38 when Stuart Pearce scored his goal. So, yeah, but, but Sheringham's record still stands. And, and, and for those that really like boring stats, I believe the top five, uh, top four are Sheringham, Dean Windass, then Stuart Pearce now has dropped to third. And can you guess who do you think would be the fourth oldest player to score in the Premier League? Nah. No? Well, no You'll never get it anyway. Nah. It's Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> oh, really? What, did he go for an header? I don't know if he got, oh, yeah, he's obviously, I think it's for Man City. It must have been for Man City, but yeah, Peter Schmeichel is 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 is, is the full oldest player. Yeah. The problem with losing these games at Christmas, uh, Portsmouth Boxing Day, and then we lose a Man City at home one nil, is we've now dropped into the bottom three. The the the, the, the new manager bounce ain't happened. We've well, now you beat Man United. Well, yes, we beat Man United, but we've then gone on and lost. I can recall. I know what's coming next. Yes. We then go January the 1st to Reading. Uh, Pardew's old club, newly promoted. (sighs) 6-0 defeat. Reading become our new Luton town, didn't they? It's something with that little corridor there that we just, you know, good. We go... We go there and they're up for it and we're not. I don't think the players understand to lose, to get such spankings against Luton and Reading. Obviously, probably, I don't know, that their players see it as as a big game, a big local game. Our players taken for granted and we get spankings. Yeah. On a quite consistent basis. 
I mean, defence that day, so I'm looking at it now, you've got, you got a third name, Christian Daly, we've got Gabidon, Paul Koncheski, Green in goal now. Some of it, some of the goals that are going in are just comical. They're really poor. I mean, there's a free kick here sent in. Who gets up, heads it? It's a known goal by Anton Ferdinand who jumps in front of Rob Green. They've got uh, uh, Hunt. It's not Noel Hunt. I've forgotten. It's, it's his older brother, Hunt. Uh, got Kevin Doyle scoring, Leroy Lita. You know, the goal's just... It just you know, these are not great players. And I, I know nah. I'm doing a disservice and whatever because, you know, and I never, I never thought Koppel was a great manager, to be fair. But obviously... I think it was 4-0 at half-time. You know, it was just... Collapsed. Yeah. I mean, next up, we, we then go to Brighton. Or we play Brighton in the FA Cup. Finally, we get a win, 3-0. Brighton were not the team that they are now. Let's get this right. So, it, it was to be expected. We have two draws then. A high-scoring Fulham game at home, where we draw 3 all. We then follow that up with a 2 all draw, Newcastle. Uh, we get knocked out of the cup by Watford 1-0 and then we, we, we've made some signings in January. Matt Upson, Callum Davenport, Lewis Slowamorte, sorry, Boamorte. Oh. Uh, even better, Nigel Quasi. I didn't mind him. I was in a very, very small minority. I quite liked him. And uh, Kepper Blanco, who I can't, whose name it seems I can't spell because it's a K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we Kepa Blanco, we brought in on loan. I, I don't know if it was from Seville. He, we, we finished January losing 2-1 to Liverpool, but Blanco equalised. I think this was another Sky game. Full of personalities, them signings, weren't they? Jesus Christ. Upson, Davenport, Bermel, Aquazi, Blanco. There you go, kids. Perhaps that sums up, in a way, the, the, Kirbishly, the Kirbishly era and perhaps why a lot of people were disappointed in as a manager, because obviously we would like to think the Kirby, being a West Ham man, you know, Greenwood and Lyle were the people he'll that know, he yeah. played for. You know, he would have been a student of Greenwood and Lyle. Yeah. And, you know, more Greenwood than Lyle, to be fair, he would have been a student yeah. of. And yet he, 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 he signs people like this. I think this was Davenport on loan, to be fair. <sighs> Don't think it, it was know, very fair. Uh, perhaps it was, you know, after, but then he's just watched us lose 6-0 to Reading, hasn't he? You know, perhaps these were panics. Well, they scream panics, didn't they? Upson, out of all of them, I didn't think he was a bad player. At the time, I was glad to get him. Was, yeah. Paid a lot of six million for him when in Sullivan's pocket. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they must have loved that, didn't they? They didn't. To be, I'm going to be honest about Upson. I mean, I spoke most of the time. Now, I just say it. I don't think he ever spoke once. Mm. on the pitch I don't think he ever opened his mouth no really. people seem to forget that he was the club captain I know and not, and not, not Scott Parker who, who came oh, obviously in later that. years but then some people are like that aren't they they're, they're quiet and reserved mm-hmm. and they're not shouters and, and Where, how does he get a job on TV talking then yeah well who knows who knows I think he's yeah. I, I know he's been back at the club doing coaching with kids That's as right. well so, Probably don't talk to them either. <laughs> You'll see them come through. Yes. <laughs> but, well, do the new signings make a difference? February, we lose to Villa. And then we lose to Watford again in the league at home, 1-0. We then go to Cholton. Both of us in the bottom three. I think we were level on points. 
Guess who's Charlton's manager? Oh, I remember this. Alan Pardew. We done Alan the super, We done the switcheroo, didn't we? Yeah. We got yeah. spanking. Yeah. Uh, what that, happened? That, that game w- w- was the game where <laughs> I'm not really a negative person. That's when in, we in the thing game, is, we? And that is the game where I thought, yeah, me as well. Do you know we're what? Gone. We're gone. Six pointer. Another three games in February. We ain't scored. Yeah. You know. There's me thinking it's the old Zamora season. Jesus. Well, it's, now let's get to it. You know, we're 19th in the league. We've lost 4-0. Cholton have now leapfrogged us in, in the league table. We're cut adrift, I think, about four or five points from the team fall from bottom, maybe more. We go into March. And after that drubbing, we've got to play Spurs. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where, where's the hope going to come from? Well, strangely, mm. as we now know, it's from this game. Here's Koncheski. Set up for Noble! West Ham United lead. A West Ham fan has provided it. 19-year-old Mark Noble. Is there a game of bluff going on here? Or maybe double bluff. The left footer. West Ham have got to three in and around the Tottenham wall. One of whom now gets a yellow card, Pascal Chimbonda. It is Tevez. Stepping up at Upton Park, a ground he knows only too well. And the colours of Tottenham Hotspur here. And Green has stopped pretty much everything thrown at him so far. He faces a Defoe penalty. And he's beaten by a Defoe penalty. Tevez. Chimbonda and Berbatov. Defoe herring into the middle. It's over him. Which is Lennon. Oh, what a goal from Tiny Oak. And it's 2 2 here. That's brilliant. The 2 0 lead has evaporated in the first 18 minutes of the second half. It's Davis to produce a ball. And he does. measured the ball into the West Ham net and there's a sting in the tail of the most painful kind for Alan Kerbishley, Robert Green and Zamora oh and there's a break on for Spurs now and it's Defoe Koncheski is the one man back trying to buy the hammer some time Defoe oh oh no oh Paul Staltieri on the scene 
and Tottenham have got their noses in front in stoppage time and Alan Kerbishley can scarcely believe what he's seen. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, for me, I'll go first. This was a game for me that, that restored pride in a way, in a crap team or, or, yeah. or, or, and faith because we've lost it for free. But I walked out there and said to my nephew, Bill, do you know what? At least we put up a fight. But it was an heartbreaking defeat because to be 3 2 up with four or five minutes to go, or 2 0 up at half time, they get it back to 2 all. Zamora, great header to put us 3 yeah. 2 up, to then lose it in that way. It, I don't know. Do you know? I still see. Bobby Zamora losing the ball because at 3 all, as well, yeah. You know, at 3 all, and this is what I liked. At 3 all, we went for the win. For, so, for the fourth. That's yeah. right. We were going for it. You know, we knew a point weren't good enough for us. And a mm. point weren't good enough for us. No. So they've gone out and we, we've attacked, attacked, and attacked this injury time. And Zamora loses the ball on the edge of the Spurs area. And I, I think Defoe was involved in the goal. I don't know if it was his shot. And then this geezer, Timo Tarnio, was he like Finnish or something? Oh, I've done that. No, Saltieri. Saltieri, wasn't it? Yeah, Saltieri pops up, you know, and taps it in. I'm sitting above the Spurs fans. That, that's that's where we sat, uh, the centenaries it was then, I think. And it was like, it was heartbreaking. But as I said, I walked out of there. We've got a bit of pride. And... And you think, well, you know, at least let's go down with a fight. Because in the past, West Ham have been relegated, as we know. But but a few times, they had then started to put up a fight. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we've got to go to Blackbird now away. Not going to be an easy game, is it? No. And we go 1-0 down. But then we get a fortunate penalty. And then perhaps one of the strangest goals I can honestly say to have seen in a game. What are your thoughts on that goal? 
I just think the, the referee's a maniac. I, I, I remember, I didn't see it live. I remember exactly where I was at that game because uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now, well, still my girlfriend, I was about to say, there's no wife, but we ain't married. <laughs> anyway, she had, uh, she had a blood clot there, her lung. She was in intensive oh. care. Took a right, yeah, absolute. It was a life and death thing. I don't know if it was on the TV, but I didn't see it. I remember getting home late, seeing it on like through the It was night. the late Saturday game. It wasn't, oh, I'm, I'm saying that. I watched the game in the Duke of Cumberland pub oh, okay. in Glasgow. So. so it was on, and then I, but the game, that sorry. I mean, it was on Sky. No, no okay. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I'm digressing, but you, you did yeah. ask about the goal, didn't you? Yeah. Tevez is just standing there in the way on the bleating line. I think with another Blackburn defender. Zamora's side-footing one towards a goal. He keeps it out. No, it didn't even look like it crossed the line. And he's blown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this was off the back of a penalty. That, that didn't look like a penalty to me. Yeah. This is the luck that we've been looking for. But it was ridiculous. We got two goals that we shouldn't have had. But the thing is, if you do play that way and you do put teams under pressure, then you do get the rubber the green. But if VAR was about, we lost that game. Don't know if you know. Lee Bowyer handled the ball in the box anyway. Did he? The, the ball bounced up and hit Lee Bowyer's hand and he spun laid it off. There was a shot that's blocked and then there's an hand ball. And then Tevez has drifted into the goal. I think, after, I think Brad Friedel was in goal. And he's, he's now in the goal. The defender you talked about had actually run out. So Tevez is there on the line. Now, the offside rule then meant Tevez was offside because Zamora was shot, strikes his feet, but he tries to jump out of the way. And I think this is where it tricks the linesman that it was a goal because where he jumps out of the way, he did this weird flick with his foot. So his feet were back in the goal, but he was, his body was on the line. So he's jumped from the knees, you know, like to try and jump over the ball. Mm. But, it, but it hit him and it never crossed the line in a million nah. years. But, look like it. you know, <laughs> when you really need to win, you need to win. Mm. We needed that win. Can we follow it up? We've got Middlesbrough at home. Yes, we can. 2-0 win. We're up and running. Tevez gets uh, a goal and we think, right, this is it. We're, we're kicking in now. There's a lot of, not belief, we're, we're still in the bottom three. But we're starting to catch up with a team full from bottom. Oh, I don't know who the team's full from. I mean, around you had Wigan around us. Sheffield United weren't in the bottom three. I think the bottom three at the time was was us, Cholton, and I can't say it. It might have been Watford. Middle. Yeah, I think it was Watford. We now go into April, which is crunch time. We go away, and the first game of the season, April, is our first visit to the Emirates. Oh, here's Jungberg. And he get through another crucial and excellent save from Robert Green. Robert Green, a good 13, 14 yards off his line, and once again smothers the ball bravely at the feet of Freddie Youngberg. West Ham living on a knife edge, they really are. Ebue. Oh, it's Rio Coca. attack becalmed on the West Ham defence Neil and Zamora will get here oh and Zamora has poached a brilliant goal for West Ham an absolute steal but what a priceless goal it could be Larson Wenger's complaining he was offside 
It was a very tight one. There's absolutely no complaints about the finish. It was absolutely top class, wasn't it, from Bobby Zamora. Arsene Wenger is frustrated at the break. Here's Adebayor. Gilberto gets another chance. Oh, and another stunning save from Green. Initial shot wasn't a good one. It deflected back to him and he struck it really well. And yet another quite stupendous save that was from Robert Green. Shot blocked by Ferdinand. Now Gilberto and Fabregas shooting chance. Oh, and this time the woodwork comes to West Ham's rescue. Stunning. Is it to be West Ham's day? Robert Green, even he can't get a hand to this. And Zamora. Just isn't much respite for West Ham at the moment. Fabregas into Ibue, and then Gilberto! Another chance goes begging. I've lost count of all the chances now that Arsenal have had, and how many they've wasted. Maybe Thierry Henry might have stuck a couple away. Here's Kepa Blanco. Noble. Noble has worked it through. The flag hasn't gone up. It's Balmorte, surely. Well, everyone's anticipating the flag going up, but it stays down. Cover Blanco was offside. Balmorte onside, takes it around Lehman, clips it with his right foot. But just past that far post. Yeah, what a great day. I was there. Gordon and Phyllis in. Oh, yeah, they're stuck in that corner there, as you are, the Emirates. Absolutely, we were getting murdered. Absolute spanking. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we scored the first half, didn't we? Because yes. I remember we were quite away from Zamora when Zamora got the ball. We camped in our half. Literally camped in our half. Yes. Green saving everything. Yes. Ball comes from deep in... Zamora's pretty much isolated, what we call it a day. The ball gets to him. From that corner, he looks like he's outside, to be honest. There's another one for VAR. He's, he's took it and he's, he's just lobbed him. He's just hit it. It's gone in the goal. Well, I mean, we're celebrating the goal, but we, we fear it's just a red rare to a ball and, we, and we're going to get murdered. But we just hang on and hang on and hang on. I reckon I reckon Arsenal have hit the target at least 25 times. I'm not saying that um, Green's made 25 saves, but all you could remember was Green saving save after save after save after save, and they didn't score. Yeah. And we're celebrating there, thinking someone up there is smiling on us. Uh, bearing in mind after what happened in Blackburn as well. Yeah, someone up there was smiling on us. That was the day to remember those. Was you there? No, I weren't. I was back in the Duke of Cumberland. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, if you watched it in now. Yeah. And well, it, 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 well, I mean, you've, you've got a good description. I don't know whether it was Benny Yoon lumps the ball upfield. Samora was onside, but the ball bounces up in front of him. I remember the, the yeah. There's a defender with him. I'm not, I don't know who it is. And whether he looks up, I don't know. You know, you don't, I'm, I'm, if you ask him, he'll <laughs> say he means it. But he just. Well, he had nothing else to do. No. There was, was no one was with him. The option, yeah, yeah, and the ball's in front of him. He ain't going to hold it up and and wait for us to join. So he just hits it. I want to say it's about half time as well. I think, I think it, it just was so before the first half. Yeah, but uh, you know, Rob Green, what an outstanding goalkeeper. 
in the performance. The probably if you've got Ludo against Man United in '95. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, he was Rob, that. And um, Rob Green um, are possibly two of the best individual goalkeeping performances. Yeah. You know, and Parksy, West Brom away. West but, Brom, yeah. But we, you know, we've only got the, the, the players to tell us that. That's right. So, you know, and in, and in a way, now we're getting a bit of belief, aren't we? Now, we are. Well, I go on holiday to Spain. And I timed my holiday, so it didn't clash with any West Ham home games. Unfortunately, the Chelsea game had been called off for whatever reason, and then they moved it to the week that I was on holiday. But first up was Sheffield United away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't complaining that day, were they? No, they weren't. (laughs) I mean, we got murdered. No, we did get murdered. I mean, when John Stead scores a goal, you know you've had a bad day. No disrespect to John. Well, yeah, disrespect to John's dead, but he wasn't the greatest of strikers, was he? Mm, no. I think Sheffield were actually a decent team to come up. I tend to recall, after that result, they're not attacking a lot. They were just sitting back and trying to sort of defend their league position because I, I, at that time, I thought they were out of sight. Well, obviously, something went wrong. They, they were about seven or eight points clear of us after yeah. that win. They stopped attacking. We had a game in hand. You know, we followed up with Chelsea at home. Oh, great, was it? No, I mean, I, I run around two or three bars in Menorca with my nephew and we run around two or three bars and manage to convince one bloke. It's, it's not really season out there, like middle of April. Like, can you put this football game on, mate? There was another game on, but there was no one watching it. And we're like, mate, can you put the West Ham-Chelsea game on? We're West Ham fans. And in the end, he relented and put it on. And then he said, turn it off. Well, yeah, you know, it was the Sean White Phillips show. Yeah. He, he destroyed us 4-1. We're back down to earth, I suppose, isn't it? We just had three wins, the great Spurs game. But then you think, well, we just lost to Sheffield United and Chelsea. Even though the Chelsea defeat, it was the manner of the defeat, the 4-1 defeat for me after you think, oh, well, perhaps that's not the fight out of us. And next, then we've got Everton next up, which we're never confident with, are we? No, that's that's true. So we go to, or we, we, we get Everton at home. Bobby Zamora gets the winner. Go on, Bob. And, and it's funny because I, I think we'd obviously we'd lost a way to Everton. Everton under Moyes were a good team, weren't they? They, they had a top five right. finish. You know, Moyes wasn't thought of as the dower manager that he is thought of now, in a way. And I've always thought that if we had the Moyes I, that we yeah, Everton I, I, had, then, yeah. you know, I think we, we could, you know, he could be a good manager for us. Yeah. Um, but he still could be under the circumstances that we're com- going to be coming out of. Then again, he could be awful. Next up, though, <laughs> we're going to wait. But before we're going to wait, there's a matter of a tribunal. And this tribunal, basically, we'd let Mascherano go to Liverpool in the January because he wasn't getting games for us. And in that deal, it's then discovered that West Ham have signed Tevez and Mascherano on contracts that involve third party control ownership. and it's not about it's not just the ownership it's basically and and this is correct when msi approach west ham to place them this is how it goes they turn up we've got tevez and mascherano do you want to sign them yes they then say this is how it works we're the owners of these players you will pay us this much money. But what the control was is that, and it was written into the contract, that in the January, Tevez and Mascherano can leave West Ham and any transfer fee paid would go to MSI as they are the owners. 
Mm. And also, and this is the third-party control, is that MSI could arrange that transfer without West Ham permission. So, literally, it was a shop window. Now, the idea was hopefully we would have until the end of the season, but it was in the contract that if in the January either of the players left, West Ham would just get a fee, like £150,000. Okay. And this is what the tribunal covers. But not only that is, West Ham rung up the Premier League to talk to them on the 30th of August and question these contracts. And the Premier League came back to them and said, well, actually, you can't do that. So then West Ham rewrote the contract and it got passed. But obviously, unbeknownst to the Premier League and everything, West Ham had done a separate deal with MSI, agreeing to all the, what they wanted. This was—I don't know if this was the first time really third-party ownership had really come in. It was—it was prevalent in. They'd done the same thing in. This is what they'd done because they owned Corinthians Football Club. That's right. Now, what what we've since learned is that uh, MSI or, or whoever the owners were, uh, Joel Bukayan actually was a front man, and the money was done by two Russians. Boris Berezovsky and another one who's got a long name. He was Georgian. He, he was a Dynamo Tbilisi owner. But these two had, had earned a lot of money out of the breakup of the Russian. And these were, these these people had more money than Abramovich at the time. And the, the, and these were the people that wanted to buy West Ham. Joel Bukayan was just a front man, never the money man. And he, he denies it all the time, but it, it, it has been shown to prove that this was the case. But anyway, so now, obviously, the Premier League's found out that West Ham's got to sign these players up, so they hold a tribunal. In the tribunal, and you've got to think, this was done under the ownership of, of Terry Brown and Duxbury doing it. So now, got new owners. They admit what's gone on. We flagged it up. It was our own finance director that flagged up the problem to the Premier League. So we'd admitted it. That's why we never got a three-point penalty. We got fined 5.5 million. And that is why the next day, Carlos Tevez, you know, the other clubs weren't happy, but was then cleared to play against Wigan. Okay. This five, I'm going to tell you what I thought about it at the time. I might not think about it now. Now I thought, really, like you say, there wasn't much, uh, nothing previously had gone on with this third-party ownership. It sounded like we'd admitted that we were guilty, and in reality, it should have been a, a, a penalty, the three points, or, to be honest, I probably thought that we should have got relegated if we were guilty, which we admitted to. But I recall at the time, the fine, 5.5 million, felt like they were just trying to get... It felt like, actually, you're kind of innocent, but we need the money for the Wembley Stadium. for the, So we, we have the five and a half million. Because how do you, when that happens in a couple of leagues down below, how do you have parity between Well, a couple of leagues below has got nothing to do with it because it's a Premier League for a start. So it was separate. This is a Premier League tribunal. I think they didn't go for the three-point penalty because they wanted West Ham to be relegated off the back of playing football. I don't think at well, the time they thought it looked like it up. was going to happen anyway. But no, that's what I'm saying. So they didn't want to be the ones to relegate West Ham. Remember, they'd relegate. Remember, previously, the Premier League deducted Middlesbrough three points because they failed to turn up to a game because all that's their players right. were sick. Now, when the game was replayed, Middlesbrough lost that game. But Middlesbrough were relegated that season by less than three points. So if they'd have sent their youth team to play that game, 
they yeah, would have lost it. They'd have stayed up. So, but, okay. Whether that was in the background, but so they wouldn't fine us and it frees us up to play. Now, where, go on. What happened in that tribunal is that we then turned around and said, Cambridge gave uh, evidence to say, we've tore up that contract and re-signed Carlos Tevez. Now, what happened is the tribunal said, prove it. So believe it or not, West Ham said, all right, we'll be back tomorrow with that contract. And West Ham had to run around, find Tevez, hunt him down. He refused to sign a new contract. West Ham supplied to the tribunal an unsigned new contract and the tribunal took it on face value. Because basically what West Ham had said is, we've got to be seen to be doing this, but don't worry, we're pretending. So what happened is, so we'd lied and cheated basically to sign Tevez. Yeah? Yeah. The big mistake that opened the door to Sheffield United was in that tribunal, we then lied and cheated again. Okay. You see, I don't think the FA done us any favours by taking the dough. I mean, where where are the, where do they stand? They, they would, an association shouldn't stand by and watch another two clubs, well, one club in its association. The problem where Sheffield United got us is that being part of the Premier League, each club owns one share. And basically, you have to agree to do right by each other because you're all equals yeah so mm. you have to behave in a certain way uh, uh, to your fellow clubs and and this is where Sheffield United got us in in by being underhanded in the way we signed Tevez and Mascherano and then our, and then re-signing Tevez but not re-signing him on a different contract we were underhanded now the fact is that if we hadn't have claimed to have re-signed Tevez he wouldn't have been able to play in the Wigan game and okay. the Bolton game and the Man United game. So in the in the lie that we then told was, oh, we have re-signed him, but we hadn't. And what you've got to remember is, is we're going to find out. We take nine points from those three games with Tevez. I mean, I don't, I don't think the FA done the right thing. Uh, and I think uh, I think that's what the problem really was. Okay, we didn't do the right thing. I mean, we yeah, I mean, and that's the thing for me is at the end of the day, that's what, you know, th- this is the problem we had. You, you narrow it down to this easy way. We did lie and cheat when we signed Tevez. We knew we were lying and cheating. Scott Duxbury, who funny enough running Watford now, yeah, knew what he was doing because he rung the FA and they said, no, you can't do it. And then they they come up with the the pretend contract, the, the MSI, you know. And this was evident in that it was bowled out that we never got any money for Mascherano when he moved on to Liverpool. I think we got a nominal fee for his registration because we did own the registration of the players. Though. But when Tevez finally left us to go to Man United, the transfer fee didn't go to West Ham. And that's how Sheffield United got us as well. Oh, well. But, we were a bit of a guinea pig, really, weren't we? Yeah, no, we were. We were, you know, and this is the thing that others have been, you know, and the fact, see, the funny thing is Man United signed Tevez on a third-party agreement, but the problem was is that Man United had sole control of that player. They yeah. owned him, yeah, but they couldn't move him on. Where West Anfield, Dan, was, is that the, the MSI had the power to move them on, whether West Ham liked it or not, and it was written in the contract that West Ham would have... You know, what a set fees. Oh, well. But he did play the next day. We beat Wigan 3-0. I 
I mean, I was up there. Basically, you knew about the fine. We'd got away with the three points. Wigan, they had a poor game. You know, we were outstanding. Tevez, funny enough, I don't think Tevez had that great a game. He played well. I don't know if this had affected him or not. Right. I think Boa Morty scored twice. It's probably one of his best games for us. Who scored the other one? Uh, oh, possibly Marlon. You sure? Uh, or was it Bobby Zamora? I've got a funny thing. It was Bobby. Because we got Bobby scoring at Arsenal. I don't know if he scored at Chelsea, but we, then them two just... I mean, he got the winner at Everton. And Bob, he might have got one at Wigan. It was No, it was Marlon. Oh, okay. So, Fair actually, enough. I was wrong. Boa Morty got one. Benny Yoon got the other. And Airwood got, got, the, got the third. Okay. So, then we get to play Bolton. Last home game of the season. Nervous. I was at a wedding and I weren't I weren't the only one to be fair because the, the girl come out of Canyon Town she was getting married in Kent where her parents had moved to so there was a lot you know after church I think was West Ham <laughs> you know, there, there was a few of us that were season ticket holders. You know, it was one of them where you're standing by the church going, What's the score? What's the score? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and when it come through that we'd, we'd won 3 1, we were well happy. A great night. Great night. What, what did you think? I remember being nervous. I thought we played great. We were all in love with Tevez just back then. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and then that only left one game left, so which we couldn't really get excited about. But for some reason, we fancied our chances because of the situation. I think they were in the cup final, weren't they? Next, the week after that. Man United had the FA Cup final. That's right. And so, on the 13th of May, one year to the day from the FA Cup final, exactly a year to the day, uh, the FA Cup final. We then go to Old Trafford. The rain, the weather that day was awful. It was obviously, it's my nephew's birthday. It's his 16th birthday. There's a big birthday party and, you know, we've got the game. We're going to have the game on as well. So there's all the family around and the rain tips it down. And it, yeah. it, when it rained, for some reason, we used to have trouble with the sky dish. Uh, yeah, no, we did as yeah, well that so time. This is how desperate I was. People probably thought I was mad. I got my ladders out, shimmed up my father-in-law's front of his house with my ladders and put an umbrella over the sky dish. (laughs) And the signal came on and we could watch the game. Here's Solskjaer and here's Rooney. He's clever. He's wide. Carrick. Solskjaer. Rooney. Crucial intervention by Spectre, and he looks to have been hurt by that. Ball was just a little bit well, too far behind Alan Smith, really to run onto it. Turns well enough, that was goal bound. He's possibly not quite warm yet. On a wet, horrible day. Well, if he wasn't warm, he is now after that hitting. O'Shea. This is where Man United have got too much freedom to play. Rio Coker and Ben Ayew certainly have to get closer to the Man United players. Rooney, Solskjaer, O'Shea. They are clearly enjoying their game of football. And look what they've got in reserve just in case. And Smith plays in and hits the bar. And now cleared off the line by Bar Morte. And West Ham are clinging on here by the skin of their teeth. And Alan Smith, well, he couldn't, couldn't hit this any better at all. 
just flicks it goal bound towards the far post. I think it comes off the, the bar. Banayun's beaten. Then Banayun this time he gets a block from Kieran Richardson, I think it was. Great execution from Alan Smith. Yeah, oh, I no. think he saved it. He does, he saved it. Thought it came off the bar. Does it twice, doesn't he? Robert Green might have been beaten second time round. And that crowd reaction is as a result of news from Bramall Lane that Sheffield United have equalised against Wigan. Latest score from Bramall Lane, all square at the moment. Just decided to stick with the formula. Leave the two guys at front, Tevez, just blending that whole bit behind Zamora. Well, certainly I think that Marlon Harewood's pace and power will make. Carlos Tevez is man on the spot yet again. What a great finish. Not great defending from Man United. Van der Sar, he comes and he decides to stay. And once he does that, he gives the initiative to Tevez, but what a fantastic finish. Seven goals for Carlos Tevez, all since the beginning of March. And it's worth millions. It's worth millions. Kicks once more. Safe with his feet by Green from uh, Ronaldo's ferocious downward header. He got a lot on that. Luckily for Robert Green, straight towards his leg. He's such a danger in the air, Ronaldo. Here come United again with Giggs. And Ronaldo onside here. West Ham has stretched. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. And Green stood up well. But West Ham got so many bodies back. Just tried to clip it over Robert Green. I think it actually hit him in the shoulders or the face. Stayed on his feet well, the keeper. In by Fletcher. Held up by Solskjaer, and here is John O'Shea, tackle from behind, nothing given, Solskjaer, Giggs! Rooney couldn't turn, stabbed away as far as Fletcher, touch from Rooney, Scholes from here is lethal, and it is Paul Scholes, clawed away by Green. They're on the point here of winning four of their last five away from home. A header out by Ferdinand. The final whistle. Pretty bubbles. Westover Manchester United. Alan Kirbishley has taken them from the depths of despair to the very heights of elation. Did you watch the game? Did you get to see it? Yeah, well, all the games were on simultaneously. So I think that might have been the first time it happened. But on that Sunday, um, they put all the, the the games on simultaneously. Uh, I can't recall if they switched to the other relegation fights, but I remember being at home on my own watching it. We were holding our own. Um, yeah, we done well. Well, we were we, out, we were out of bottom three. So as yeah, that's right. Sheffield United and Wigan were playing each other, and as as long as you know, as long as we you know we did, um, we, had, we needed a draw, didn't we? I think yeah, that was a position. We would we were on thirty eight points. Sheffield United, I think, were on thirty six. I think uh, Wigan. Uh, I think Wigan might have been on 36 as well. So let's just have a look. So Wigan, so Wigan were on 35. Sheffield United were on 38, the same as us. So we were on 38. Sheffield United were on 38. Wigan were on 35. So right. Wigan would have been in the bottom three and we would have just been out of it. So we, we needed to make sure we did what we did and Wigan didn't, you know, 
yeah. ideally. I remember that Wigan was one all. Uh, Sheffield United had, had equalised to make it one all just before we scored uh, to make it one nil. You know, I, it's, it's quite strange for all Sheffield United prospering. Again, for me, if whenever I've met a Sheffield United fan, while I do say yes, we did cheat and lie and everything with Tevez, you went down because of what you did on the pitch. Yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, Jaggy Elka, it was all in their hands. Wasn't yeah, it? well, it was in Jaggy Elka's hand. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was his hand ball that gave David Unsworth the chance for to score Wigan's penalty. David Unsworth, ex West Ham, but not only that, I pretty sure he was on loan from Sheffield United at Wigan or, or he'd been bought he, he was an ex he'd been at Sheffield United and it was Unsworth that relegated him not Carlos Tevez because I, I always yeah. maintain at the end Dave Tevez hadn't applied yes he did think we'd have had someone else playing and yeah. they may have they may have got the goals exactly Bobby Zamora Bobby Zamora Marlon Airwood you know they, these were you know even I don't know like you know at the start of the season sharing them we had, we had the four strikers didn't we Colton Cole so, I don't think he got looking that year, Carlton. I remember he had a good start, and then Pardew dropped in, and then I think he got back into the next year. Uh, so, so Colton Cole this season, which is his first season with West Ham, yeah, young player as well. He played. He started five, came on as a sub twelve times, scored two goals. Had a lot of choice up front, didn't we? we well, we had probably the last sight we had like. a a good accomplishment of strikers. The funny thing is, if you look at it, is out of those four, Colton Cole's fourth choice. Yeah. And yet it's Colton that had the longest career with us. Yeah. Because we let, we let Zamora go. Big mistake for me. Uh, we let Zamora go. We let Tevez go. I mean, you think Zamora left us, went to Fulham and played for England. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the season. That, or, you know, we could call it the Tevez season or do we call it the great escape? Well, it's a more season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the great, uh, they've been, I think they've been, it was a great escape at the time, but didn't Fulham do a, a greater escape? I mean, they were down at half time. Well, cool. we won seven out of the last nine games. So if you look at it, Decent. That's, that's 21 points. Yeah. Yeah. That's 50% of our points tally in the last nine games. Yeah. 50% of our goals as well. Probably. So, it's it's not really been done uh, since then. I mean, Bobby that season, Premier League wise, played twenty seven games, come on as a sub five times, and got eleven goals, and was the top scorer by by a long stretch. Well, long stretch. Tevez got seven in nineteen seven as a sub, but obviously all his seven came in the last nine games. And then off he went to Man United. Did not- he come home on the coach, or did he just stay there? No, no, no. They, 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 what happened, what followed next was obviously great celebration. Sheffield United are the wrong team. People forget about Fulham that season. Fulham had nosedived down towards the bottom. Sat Chris Coleman, then appointed Laurie Sanchez. Fulham won one game, I think, out of their last seven. Uh, they beat Liverpool. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was 2-1, but they beat Liverpool, who had rested... I think, 10 of their players because they were in a Champions League semi-final. People forget that. That actually, if Fulham hadn't beat Liverpool, if Liverpool had played their proper team, Fulham would have gone down with 36 points. There you go. Because we actually finished 15th that season. Yeah. 41 points. Oh, oh well. that about wraps it up. Yeah, it does. Any last thought? What about the season? Yeah. No, not really. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you, um, no, we'll tell you something we forgot to do, Nigel, we forgot to give the big up to Alan Avitt with the theme tune, we forgot that again. Yes, yes, so, well, he's going to play us out now, people, so have a listen to the theme tunes we go out, it's Upton Park Life by Avitt, you can find him on Twitter, you can find him on SoundCloud, because there is a two, two and a half minute long it's, it's great. It's a great song. And I want to thank him for writing it, basically, and, and allowing yeah, us to have it for our, our theme tune. And I'll make sure that I'll give him a big thank you on Twitter as well. Yeah. All right. And that, that about wraps it up. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a... It's a ta-da from me. Ta-da. So you pay off a crown in the schoolboy's enclosure You lose your composure Dying from exposure Your mate cause he knows you Tries to warn ya you. You'll be stuck in a corner You're looking through bars With your problem of mask You can't see a thing Is it Frankie The lamb that's been It wasn't half bad But only remembered For doing a Morris dance Round the flag Who would have thought He'd be playing at 40 William Bonds Could be a little bit naughty Splashing the cash Your nails pie and mash Your down to Monty's You pop a nice cap But here's a precaution For a tonic dolce Get a magic race Fulton on plate The size of a sky dish That is fried fish And the chips that it's you look a bad game of gender Go on a bender Over the central Get a little bit drunk Go a little bit mental Gentle You know Sentimental Not like those fruits And the spray tan daisy roots When they're spawning for trouble I'm off on the double Head on the terraces And sing I'm forever Blowing bubbles oh, up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 